Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. First of all, let me wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you've enjoyed time with family and uh, friends and just sitting around and, and uh, practicing gluttony as we have. It's been, I hope it's been good. So last week, Shane preached. and He did a wonderful job. And, and right before that, during the week, we went to the Kentucky Baptist Convention and got to hear some wonderful preaching. And then this past Tuesday night, we heard some more wonderful preaching, and so I was kind of fired up to preach this morning, and then lo and behold, I barely have a voice today. So I apologize for that. Just bear with me this morning. But Shane did a great job last week. So, so wonderful to be able to rely on him when I have to be out, and so thankful for him. So last week, Shane did preach from another one of Paul's letters to the church in Colossae, And it's hard to believe, folks, that after today, after this week, we only have four more weeks in this year. Can you believe that? 2022 is about over with. So in four weeks, we will have gone through the entire Bible together as a church family, which is pretty awesome. So today, again, we've covered a lot of ground, and we've covered a lot of ground with the Apostle Paul here lately. We're going to jump to another one of his letters. We're going to go to the little book called Philippians this morning, a little four-chapter letter. But even though it's small, the book of Philippians packs quite a punch. It's really one of my favorite letters in the New Testament. And just like Shane preached about last week, Paul at this point had been laboring for the Lord in these different churches for a while now. And it seems that, that the church in Philippi was a special church to the Apostle Paul. And he visited Philippi on his second missionary journey, and it was there that several key people came to Christ in the city of Philippi. And now Paul goes back and he writes to them, he writes to the Philippian church, which now it's at the end of his life when he's writing this. He's probably sitting in prison in Rome, and he's writing the Philippians to acknowledge a gift that the church had sent to him. And it's in this context, I want you to picture this context that Paul's writing. It's so important. He's nearing execution. He's in prison. He's reflecting back over his life and over all these different churches that Paul writes to the Philippian church. And it's in that context that Paul will say things that you, these are verses you're so familiar with. He'll say things like, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll say things like, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He'll say basically everything in Philippians chapter 2. We could read that entire chapter. It's so incredible, this high exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says things in chapter 3 like, but everything that was gained to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. He says this, it's so profound. He says, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. 
And then Paul gets to the fourth and final chapter. Where Paul, he tackles this issue that I call Christian contentment. And if you're not content with life this morning, I pray you leave here knowing how to be content with whatever life is today. So turn to Philippians chapter 4. It's a very familiar passage to many of us. It's one that a lot of us have memorized, we've quoted from. We're going to look at first uh, Philippians 4.10 through 14. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content. Wouldn't you like to know that? Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. Folks, I just tell you, and I know it's a busy time of the year, but if you missed that community Thanksgiving service here on Tuesday night, you really missed a wonderful time of worship, and you missed one of the best Thanksgiving messages I think I've ever heard from Pastor Charles Tenley of St. Paul Baptist Church. I mean, he let us have it. And using 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18 to explain his point, it's actually this point that Paul is again reiterating here in Philippians. Uh, Pastor Tinsley, in light of Thanksgiving, focused on the phrase, give thanks in everything. And he, he reminded us that there's always something to be thankful for. For example, he used a lot of different real life examples. He said, when that alarm clock goes off in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed, be thankful that God's given you another day to get out of the bed. He said, when you see that pile of laundry that just keeps piling up, be thankful you've got clothes on your back. And when you look out and you see that the gutters need cleaned and the yard needs work, to be thankful you've got a roof over your head and a place to live. And he used many other examples. And I don't know about y'all that were here, but I'll never look at a pile of laundry the same way again. It changed my life. But here in our Philippian passage, Paul's not only talking about our ability to give thanks in all things. That's so important. But Paul is exhorting believers to an even deeper level of gratitude, which is this, this idea of contentment, Christian contentment. Someone defined contentment as the state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. And I would add not only emotional and mental, but I would add spiritual to that element as well. Notice what contentment is not. Biblical contentment is not being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically satisfied with the way that things are. Paul disregards any physical element of satisfaction. But it's also not being mentally and emotionally and spiritually apathetic. That's the other danger that we see here. And there, there's two, these are two very different things. So let's dig into Paul's words here. And, and look, I've only got two points this morning. I don't even know if I'm Baptist now. I only got two points. But the first truth is this. And it's so important that my contentment is not dependent on my circumstances. 
Sitting in his Roman prison, Paul is able to reflect back over the course of his incredible life. Right now in Paul's life, it's somewhere around the year 61 AD. Nearly 30 years since Christ was crucified, buried, and raised again. More than two decades since the Apostle Paul himself met the resurrected Lord on the road to Damascus. And Paul, since then, has experienced so much I mean, just his whole life has been an incredible experience. For example, uh, before meeting Jesus, he enjoyed the social privileges of being a Pharisaical Jew. One that was entrusted to travel the land, travel the world at that time, upholding Jewish law and customs. He enjoyed the privileges of Roman citizenship and enjoyed the respect and the admiration that came as being an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ and a leader of the early church. But he also experienced great hardship that we've talked about before with the apostle Paul. He experienced loss and betrayal and beatings and imprisonment, hunger and sickness, But Paul says through all of this, he says to the Philippians, he says, even when you weren't able to help me, he says, this is very important. He says, I've learned. I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I may find myself. I've learned to make do with a little, Paul says. And I've learned to make do with a lot. Now, both of those can be very trying circumstances to the character of the Christian, whether with little or with a lot. But Paul says we have to learn this secret that is not something that just comes naturally to us, but it comes through these different circumstances that we learn to trust God and trust that even in this, that God is doing something, that God is producing something good in me, even if what I'm in is difficult. To the point that I'm learning how to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually satisfied regardless of what my physical circumstances may be. Paul understood that more often than not, we can't control our physical circumstances. Church, you can't control what happens in your life most of the time. You can't control what other people may do. Or what they may say about you or your family or your friends. You can't control the sickness. I'm learning that one myself. You can't control the cancer. You can't control the accident. You can't control the betrayal. You can't even control death as bad as you would like to. And while all these things do take a toll on us... We can control our mental, emotional, and spiritual response to all of those things. And find contentment, and I would say even find satisfaction somewhere outside of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. But Paul, as Paul says, it's something we've got to learn. And here's what the Bible teaches. The only way you're going to learn it is going through it. I remember I was a little boy. I was probably about Audrey's age. And I knew, in my head, I knew that that electric fence was hot. I'd been told. It was hot. Don't touch it. It'll bite you. That's what what told me, right? I believed it. But how did I truly learn that that fence was hot? Well, I grabbed hold of it. And I never had to do that again. I learned it. Paul says we've got to learn by going through it. And I don't know if the Apostle Paul could sing. I don't know if he was gifted musically. But I think if he were alive today, he could have written the words to this song you may be familiar with that says this. Imagine the apostle 
with these words. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. I've been to a lot of places and I've seen millions of faces. But there were times that I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. And so I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys. And I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. And that's the reason I say through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And I've learned to depend on his word. So if my contentment is not dependent on my circumstances, then what is my contentment dependent on? I think the more appropriate question to ask would be, who is my contentment dependent on? And that's a trap that many of us will fall into because we'll make our contentment dependent on the wrong person. Maybe it's your significant other. Maybe it's your children. Maybe whoever. But Paul says, I've learned the secret of contentment. And that secret is that I'm able to do all things through Him, through Christ, who gives me strength. And so my contentment is not dependent on my circumstances. My contentment is dependent on my Christ. Paul says, I've learned to set aside the physical element of my overall satisfaction. Just push it aside. And now I'm completely and wholly satisfied and strengthened by and dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who sustains me. The one who carries me through these storms. The one who shelters me. Not only in my physical limitations and my physical circumstances. But most importantly, in my mind and my spirit and my heart. And unfortunately, we, we take this one verse, Philippians 4.13, and we use it to mean anything but that. We, we pull it out of this original context, and I'll be honest, we pervert it to mean that Christ will give me strength for the touchdown, or uh, he'll give me this win, or he'll give me success in my endeavors, or prosperity and pleasure, even though I, I don't even deserve it. And in doing so, these beautiful words lose their deep, rich value that the apostle originally meant them to mean. Paul's saying it's not about these temporal things. It's not about these temporal pleasures and these wins in life. It's not even about a lack of hardship in your life. It's about Christ. And knowing Him, Paul says, knowing Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. I've told this story before. but It's, it's one of my favorite stories. It comes from being a chaplain and being around young soldiers and getting to be with them in some of the most... Um, unpleasant circumstances uh, that you can be in where it's hot and dirty and just stressful and and every morning I made it my during one training exercise I made it my point every morning get up 
and just make my rounds where all the soldiers were and just say good morning, talk to them, have a smile on my face. And finally, after about 10 days of this, this one soldier, a little young female, bless her heart, she said, Sir, how in the world are you happy all the time? And I said, well, let me tell you why I'm so happy all the time. It's not about the circumstance. It's not about feeling good and being clean. It's not even about life and death. I'm happy because of Jesus. And you can be too. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. I can endure all things. I can give thanks in all things. I can trust Him through all things. Why? Because Christ has already done everything. Paul has just said in chapter 2, Christ has humbled Himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. He conquered that death. He rose from that death. And Paul says, now my hope is that somehow I too someday will be alive like Christ forevermore so how, so so I, how can i be wholly satisfied in christ in all things in the one who gives me strength you think about this what paul's saying is because of this hope that we have in christ you can be content in him Regardless of the circumstance, content in Him when your health begins to fade. I can be content. When, when I get to that point in the month where I got a lot more month than I got money left, I can be content in Christ. When my children aren't living the way that I think they should, I can just trust in Christ and not worry and still be content. When everything is just as it should be and I'm tempted in this way and that, uh, I can still be content. When I stand at the graveside, and even though I may mourn and may grieve, and my heart is heavy, I can still be content in Christ. But here's the fact this morning, church, is if you don't know Him, as Paul says, we have to know Him. And the power of His resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings, then you can never know this kind of contentment. You can never have this kind of peace. As St. Augustine cried out, our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. And until you know Christ, as Paul says we must know him, you cannot know that kind of hope and contentment. But if you know Christ that way, there is nothing in this world that can stop you. This morning, if you don't know him, my prayer is that you'd make that decision. As we've seen the example by Leela Carmack this morning of the simple faith it takes to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all it takes is that first step of obedience to come to him. And he'll take you just as you are. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Father, this morning we thank you for the peace. We thank you for the hope. We thank you for the joy that we have in our Savior, regardless of where we may find ourselves. Lord, as difficult of a prayer it is, I pray that we could be like Paul, Lord, that you teach us to make do with little and to make do with a lot. 
Teach us what it means to have complete satisfaction in our Savior. Contentment in Christ. Lord, that we would value knowing Jesus above everything else in life. And God, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Him, God, I pray you give them that ounce of faith that they need to take that step this morning. And God, if there's someone else here today, maybe a Christian that's, Lord, we've just been beaten down by life. We've lost that contentment. God, I pray the prayer of King David, Lord, today, restore the joy of our salvation in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. As we sing a song of invitation this morning, if you need to come and pray, the course of the assault is open. If you need to make a decision, why don't you come as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.